This is Chuck. Thank God we have fresh cocktails. Wine in hand. Wine in hand. Jonathan is doing a very, a light, um, this is a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. That so I'm, summery. That I'm a little obsessed with. And I'm doing a Pim's Cup, which is Pim's, and in my case, altered outside of the original recipe with a so splash English. of vodka. And um, the lemon ginger ale, which I'm a little obsessed with. But yeah, that's back to where we were. Yeah, where, where, where were we? I didn't really know where we were. We went down to the basement. I had we to, did. I need to pull some things out of the fridge, and we looked at some artwork that's down there. Then we came back up to some beautiful artwork to, to be with you. Um, I don't know where we were. We were talking about how how one um, grapples with monetizing their passion. We yeah. talked about that it, it does water it down. And in some ways it does water it down. I mean, I have made my career, as you know, creatively. I've been, I've yeah. been an interior designer for 30 years and I've been a painter that has peppered through all of that career. Amazing uh, painter. Thank you, darling. At, Amazing. At, at some point early in my life, I faux painted furniture and I faux painted rooms. And then, you know, that was kind of being mixed in with my design work. So I've always made my life creatively. Do you sell your paintings? Um, I do uh, more so, Jonathan, to clients. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there was like that, when you're decorating somebody's house, you're like, I have a great painting for that wall. Right. Or, or I will say to them, because that's a weird dynamic, because you don't want your client to think that they have to buy it. Right, of course. So I will say, like, listen, you come to the house. You might see something you like, or you might see something in my house, and I'll make something for you right. in that genre. So sometimes a client will come in the house and be like, oh, my God, can I buy that painting that's in the dining room? Correct. You're like, sure. It happened twice. Okay. okay. <laughs> and Jonathan yeah. speaks of a painting that is behind me. It's which, beautiful. Birch which branches is, which and is four a, pieces. A four-piece, yeah, birch tree painting. And the original one I painted for myself, and a client was here and said, I really want that. And then but I sold it to that client, and it looked great in their house. And then for an entire year, I was making that same painting for myself. And what I will say as a painter and Jonathan can speak to this, and we have a mutual acquaintance who is a professional artist, and every single day will spend hours in his studio and paint. Brilliant. 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 Like, I, that never really happens for me, and Jonathan yeah. as well as, as, a, as, yeah. a, as a sculptor, as an artist in his own right. Yeah, it's episodic for it's, me. It's episodic for me as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Like, the, the, my daily operation is that of an interior designer. But this guy, Gilles, Gilles is like, oh my God. like, he is a painter and that's his job. Gets so, up every day and paints for 12 hours every day. So I sell the original birch trees out of my dining room to a client. And for an entire year, that's all I wanted in my dining room. So it was Christmas. It was the Christmas holiday. I shut myself down. I did not answer phone or email. I went into my studio and I spent... 48 hours. And I said, my gift to myself is I'm painting my birch trees. And it was really the most delicious spiritual journey and gift because when I paint, I lose all concept of the world. That's the best thing. Time stops. And you experience the this, the magic that there you experience is a creating. Euphoria a euphoria. There like is a when euphoria. you're in the zone, it's like life's breath. Right. There's yeah. nothing, there is nothing, nothing like that. And that's why you do it. You know, like, that's why you do it. That's what drives it all. Absolutely. And, so, and, and, you know, that goes back to the argument about, you know, commerce, you know, 
But I will say that I've been fortunate in my life that I've been able to bridge that. And when you spoke about selling artwork, there was a there was a chapter, there was probably a 10-year arm where I had kept a separate studio, working studio. Still was a, a, a designer by day, but kept a working studio in the company of other artists. And in that, in that 10-year span, you know, made some amazing, amazing friends and relationships with, with fellow artists. But also annually, we did an open house weekend. So yeah. it really kind of forced you as a painter to not only, you know, push yourself creatively, yeah. but also to actually produce. Get ready for the show. To get ready for the show. And for me, you know, it was really like a spruce up my studio space. And what was the energy for me? I'm a little bit of a schizophrenic artist. And I will say that about Jonathan as well, in the sense that no matter what we dabble in, we put our stamp on it and we achieve to our reach and ability the very best it can be. Yeah. Like Jonathan will sell, he's great at it. Jonathan will sculpt, he's great at it. Jonathan will build furniture, he's great at it. I feel like the things that I really, that really captivate me to want to try, I'm fortunate enough to get it as far as I need for it to go to say, okay, that worked for me. Like yeah. I got what I wanted out of that, yeah. that creative walk yeah well it's definitely not half-ass so with all that said my my studio years were really when i sold the most stuff yeah then i opened a store and for you know i had i had a two-year arm in retail yeah and i opened this little shop which was some of my stuff some stuff that came from grandmothers and aunts and old this is and that's and yeah you know, my shop was called work in progress because a real magpie it was a magpie and, and it was work in progress because it wasn't also a working studio. So you might come in the door and I would be toiling at something. Mm -hmm. So my monetizing my creativity was really on my own terms. Yeah. And I think the fear sometimes when you say that to someone is that you'd have to monetize your creativity on someone else's terms. You would never have to do that. You would well, for you, for you, it was a way out. Yes. You know, yeah. like, like small town, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, kind of semi-rural. Right. Not I mean, like, I grew up on the like, border of, I grew up in the border of New York and Erie. Right. Not a lot of outlets for a creative person. Right. So you had to kind of like latch on to that creativity and make it work to propel you out of what you saw as a provincial life. Amen. Amen. And, I'm and, you, and it worked beautifully. I'm going to tell you an interesting crossroad. So I've had a passion for flowers. I've had a passion for flower arranging like my whole life. My grandparents were, my grandmother, my father's mother was a, a, had a, an amazing flower garden. And my mother's father and uh, mother raised gladiolas for the local flower shops. So as a kid, like flowers were very prevalent in my journey. Yeah. Throughout my life, I worked in florist shops. I also freelanced as a florist. I did weddings and parties and blah, blah, blah. So I'm getting ready to graduate from high school. And the premier flower shop that is in my town is for sale. Yeah. And my father says, going back to the journey that I'll buy and, for you. And I use journey loosely, but, but yeah. I, you'll, you'll hear that word for me a lot because I'm on a journey and I will remain on a journey until my last breath. My last cocktail will be the, the end of the journey. <laughs> Amen. So anyways, my father says to me, I'm getting ready to like 
fund your college. Yeah. I will buy you this florist shop. And my mother, God bless her, Diana Grace, who I speak of often, intervenes and says, you will do nothing of the sort. Because it meant you staying there. She said, you will take all of that wherever it needs to go. You needed a bigger stage and she knew it. She knew it. Thank you, mama. Yeah. Thank you, mama. Thank God. Thank you, mama. Right. And, and I and I ended up on a very not not long road to the Philadelphia area, but literally planted myself here. And you know, not that that wouldn't have perhaps been a nice life. It would have been a great but life, but it this, wasn't for you. But Jonathan, the life I live yeah. because of my mother's early on intervention, really has been above and beyond. Yeah, really anything that I could have comprehended. Yeah. I mean, when I when I sit with you and I think this magical man is my dear friend and in my life. And I think of all of the experiences I've had up to this very point and this thirst in me right now in the middle of my life to talk, to share these conversations with people. And, you know, last night I spoke to Ari. We're wise now, girl. Well, we're wise, but I I want to say- Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. But I want to say through our wisdom that someone listens and thinks, wow, I didn't see it that way or I didn't think of it that way. Or or I was so transported in that, listening to that. Or, my God, that was my exact journey. Yeah. Like, you just want to know that all of this is not for naught. Like, we, we are living this existence. We are building the lives that we've been blessed to build. Yeah. And been able to express ourselves, you know, creatively. But, but also just kind of living in the honesty that I think creativity brings because you can't lie to yourself when you're creative. You really can't because as much as you want to talk yourself into liking something that's mediocre, you you can't fake it. You can't fake it. No, you you can't, you can't like, you can't put it out there as done or good when you know it's not right. Because you really, really at your core have to be like fucking gut kicking honest. It's true. My mother would be like, you might not like what I have to say, but honesty hurts. Like my mother was and is, I speak of her, she's not living, she's living. She's kicking like a chicken, that old girl. Um, my mother really is a force in that respect. But she would yeah. never let us get away with not being honest to ourselves first. Yes. And I really think that that gives you a lot of, I'm fortunate to have had that. There were days where, I mean, she was, fucking brutal and <laughs> brutal is yeah. the, the best way to say it. But I have gratitude for it. it. It it didn't hurt me in a way. It made me someone that recognized what she was doing. Yeah. I recognized it later. She was guiding you. But I recognized it. Yeah. So Interesting. I think that we've been lucky to be honest in our creativity, honest in the journeys we've had. I yeah. Mean, like you said earlier about being bullied. Oh my God. The stories are endless. Like we, oh, we are oh, the generation, yeah, you know. Jonathan. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, we are that. I don't age. know anyone my age, gay, who doesn't who have those stories. Yeah, right. Like, and you know, at the time, like like school systems weren't tapped. It's into different bullying. now, but not no different one. enough. Yeah, it's not different enough. No. But but we can say in our lifetime, yeah. we've watched. Could you imagine being out in high school? No, but if I were, let me tell you, the man I was speaking of earlier. <laughs> Anyways, oh my it God. happened soon enough. Yeah, I, I was, you know, it was my, it was in my early college. Yeah, I, 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 
And you know, I grappled with but it. But now, you know, now people are out in like ninth grade. I know, right? God bless. Could you imagine? I could. May have been a different dream. I think what would have happened actually, and I think that if you look at if you look at you know what has happened generationally with you know young men and women who are coming to terms with their identities, I think uh, you know the earlier that you come out, often leads you the earlier to being committed. Like you know, we came out later in our committed life. Girl, like in an institution. No, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Committed, well, maybe. She's going away. <laughs> <laughs> committed like in a relationship. Yeah. Because, because I think that, you know, you've gotten that out of your system younger. Yeah. So, you know, we came to the plate, you know, we're 21, 22, 23, yeah. 20, whatever. Like some kids, even later than that, some kids, 20, 19. I was, I was probably 20 years old when I really wrapped my arms around. Coming out is a whole different podcast, girl. Right. We but, need an hour and a half just for coming out. That, that'll be a two day. That, <laughs> yeah, that'll that be might a, be a five episode series. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like we, but that'd be a good one. And, and it, we and, should talk about. And all we that. will. We will definitely talk. That'd about be interesting. That. But I do think that the journey again. I'm sorry if I overuse that word. You can. You can. What do you think that your um, mom and your grandparents and 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 perhaps like the upbringing you had had to do with forming your eye like like you know like like was it you know were you just like the odd man in my family i was like the odd man out i don't know how honestly like a creative person came out of that family i have very i had a very pragmatic businessman father and like you know uh, you know, my mother's like a very traditional housewife and like, you know, like, you know, a wonderful cook and can set a beautiful table, but not what you'd call a creative person. My sisters, neither of them creative, very academic. Like I was really kind of the dummy in the family, but the creative one. So it's interesting, like, you know, like, like, where does it come from? Is it nurture or is it just, you know, does it just come spontaneously? But but do you think that like your mother and grandmother had something to do with your eye developing? Because um, they were obviously aesthetic people because they're like, you know, the gardening yes. was aesthetic. And yes. Did they, like, yes. They paid attention to their homes. I know you've said yes. your mother kept yeah. a nice home. Right. We have a lovely, we had a lovely home. And yes, my grandparents, my, my gardening grandparents, certainly there was a, but I think that if you have, if you, go backwards. So let me compare myself to you. I too was a little bit of the odd man out. Like where did this creativity come from? Yeah. My mother certainly has a creative bent to her and was always very like gifted in her garden and was a tremendous cook. My father's also a tremendous cook, but I think what I witnessed more in my life was I witnessed that they each, they each being my mother, my father, my grandparents, yeah. they each had a joy and I watched them I witnessed their joy. So whether it was my grandmother gardening or my other grandmother who was a baker, or it was my mother in the garden. You were conscious of all Like these... I was conscious of that, that that, that brought them this, right. this euphoria that we spoke of. And that's a good thing. And I could emulate that. Right. And take that and that Right. And so, that. so what I was after, Jonathan, was that energy. Not Gobbling necessarily. Right. Not necessarily how I was going to facilitate that energy. Would yeah. I be a painter? Would I be, you know, I always thought early on, I always thought early on I'd be an architect. Like that was my, that was kind of my dream. 
Yeah. And the more that I like studied that and looked at that and thought about that, yeah. less appealing that became to me because I saw a mechanical characteristic about it and a, a structure that felt not as fluid, not as right, not as fluid or not right. as joyful. Yeah. So I kind of selected the next best career or rather it selected me yeah. and I was able to have that. But I think, I think the creativity came really more that I wasn't saying I want to garden like a grandmother or bake like a grandmother or cook like a grandfather or, or that it was, these people are deriving joy from something that they do. Yeah. And I have been, and my father said a thousand times in my life, do something that you love to do and you never for one minute will feel like you work. And when I tell you that is a nice thing, that is one of the, right. Especially given when it was said, right. We're talking about, I'm 53 years old. Right. My saying that in the seventies to your son, right. Was a pretty fucking cool thing. Right. I came from, a, <laughs> yeah. I, right, I'm blessed. Like I, I mean, my father never said anything like that to me. I came from a very interesting, fill your heart, do what makes you smile. And I, I know nothing else. I honestly, my yeah. whole professional life, I only know this. Yeah. I only know this. Well, fortunately, you don't need to know anything else. Right, right. <laughs> oh, girl, maybe, maybe a podcast you, here or there you, too. You don't have to be good at math, girl. <laughs> Thank God. Um, you know, I think about like when I think about where we are right now in this conversation and, and, you know, I've danced around in my lifetime, I've danced around touching on the prospect of being famous. Like, well, you know, you were marginally famous for a moment. There was a moment in time where I was marginally famous. And, and, you know, that's, that's a very, when I say that it's like kind of a ha ha, but I had a moment, I had some TV life. I was. I was a, 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 a contestant on the Martha Stewart Apprentice. Like I did a little dabble with the housewives. Like there was a little bit of like getting close You're on to Good that play. America and the Today right. Show. So there was a there was a part in my life early before any of that happened. I would always say I would love fame to be because of not my persona, but something that I put into the world. Like I'd like to be famous because I built a. A significant building. So you found, but but you you think that like the idea of fame is attractive. Yes, I thought. I, I guess. I guess. I guess when we say fame, we could use that word loosely. I yeah. guess what I wanted, what I wanted in my my life coming from small town America, yeah, making my life creatively. I wanted notoriety. I wanted someone to say recognition. In I your wanted field. recognition in my field. So yeah. early on, I thought. I'd like the kind of fame an author has. You love them for their work, but right. you don't really know what do they look like, what do they right. sound like. You don't are see they them on the street right. and harass like, them. Right, you, you know none of that. Yeah. It wasn't it was fame has a very ugly side. Right. It wasn't fame with a face. Yeah. So I always right. thought no. that that yeah. would be an interesting Yeah. That would be better for me. Great sound bite. Thank you, fame for fame. No breath, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, fame without a face. Fame without a face. Yeah, trademark. <laughs> <laughs> trademark. Trademark. Copyright that. Right. Get that website, bitches. So with all that said, you know, I, I kind of circled around that. And then, you know, you dip in and you dip out. And again, I, I live a daily life and a career that makes me smile. Yeah. And but this whole podcast conversation has repeated itself, not really in me, but with people who know me that will say stuff like, 
you should think about doing that. And I was like, what? Like I had never listened to a podcast in my life yeah. and, and I still have not. Like I don't, I'm not someone who really. And it's weird though, it, but it's weird to think about like, okay, what's the motivation? So like, I'm, you know, like, 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 are you doing it for notoriety? Like, you know, or, or for this, you know, idea of minor fame or like, like and what does all of that mean? And is it attractive? I'm doing it. I would say right now in my life, Jonathan, because I feel that the lust, all the people, you know, will love it. Well, there's that. Thank you. <laughs> not that's to, given. Not to blow my own. No, heart. no, that's <laughs> given. But I will say that I'm doing it now because I think that 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 lust or that thirst for notoriety really had more to do with. I feel like I've always had a lot to share. I feel like we could do this forever, girl. Right. Like I always We're feel like get better and better. Right. I feel like <laughs> I, right, I feel like I've always had a lot to share, whether it was sharing through a painting, sharing through a room, sharing through a client experience, sharing. I always have felt like. And is that what I wanted notoriety for? Did I want notoriety because, not because I want to be famous, because I want people to think that was really a magical fucking experience. Like I liked that for this reason. I want to walk away from everything I do at this point in my life. And I would have not had this conversation at 30, but at 53 years old, every single thing I want to do, I want to be happy about doing it. And I want the person that's experiencing it with me to be happy about doing it. I'm no longer interested in just doing something because it could lead me to this or lead me to that or get me to the next job. That's I'm, interesting. I'm at a midlife point That's where very, very interesting. I want to I am happy to do this with you. Right. And 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 you are. And and there you have it. And, well, and, and, but I, I, I don't know if I would have said that 20 minutes ago. Really? Well, you know, wow. I would have I, I had some trepidation. Right. But now I'm kind of digging it. It's all about, it's all about, listen, if I'm going to tell you a very fun story. I had my first serious boyfriend. His name was Michael Murray. He's no longer living. We met in college. He was kind of ahead of, he was ahead of the curve when, before there was reality TV. He would say to me stuff like, one day I'll get in a cab and there'll be a TV on it. I'll get on the bus and there'll be a TV. There'll be TVs and elevators and da da da. And he yeah. spoke about like this kind of force feeding of media. Yeah. And I thought, it's yeah, so maybe ugly. so ugly. And, 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 <laughs> and you know, I kind of like always like shrugged. what Andy Warhol said. Right. I kind of always shrugged my shoulders about it. But but one of the things that would happen when when Michael and I would host a dinner party, we lived together for you know a hot minute. Look, Ari, he's being so cute, being so quiet, darling. Adorable. You can come in. So you can cute. bring drinks or snacks or chocolate. Oh, look, he's getting he, darling. You can bring chocolate. He's no, no, to... I, th I, I, I think he and my husband are discussing dessert. Mm -hmm. They're going through the freezer. Let me ask some options. Oh my god, they're digging it out. <laughs> and let me tell you, girl, I think I think ice cream sandwiches are being discussed. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's rare when that. No, so, I'm good. It's rare when that be, shows up in but this Ari, house. I would love it if you brought me some ice cubes. So, so um, Michael was like ahead of his curve with. The media, the media feed, and really up ahead of the reality TV. And we would sit and have dinner parties. And I always thought, 
this should be recorded. I just want you to know that he really pushed on the bottom of the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Dear, were you able to close the fridge? We had, really, an, we had an episode earlier yeah, today. He closed it really well. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> I have to torment Ari. I have an old refrigerator in the basement of the house. And my house is a bit of a churn style and a little bit of an inn. And so there are signs only on my downstairs refrigerator that say, kick the door to make sure it's closed. Because it has a problem. Because it has a you problem. You need to be firm. Uh, right. It doesn't right. The floor is a little une uneven down there, unlevel. I can't really manage it. Anyways, sometimes you just need a sign to tell you what the hell to do. And my, well, dar my darling sweetheart, Ari, left the door ajar, which I discovered this morning. And I was... After being gone all day. I was slightly undone by it. I did recover. We all recovered. Everything is good and right in the world. And I you proceeded. Were, you I, were maybe a little bit of a C. Bit. I was, yeah, I yeah. can be a little, I can be a little C-U-N. Why? But I, I got past it. And everybody's happy now. And I've, I've had a handful of drinks in. And I'm with There my, you go. I'm with my dear Jonathan. So really, everything. And really, really, yeah. it's 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 like Pavlov's. He has learned now Correct. to kick the fridge shut. You've got to kick the fridge shut. Listen, there's not a lot of rules. Well, actually, there are. I don't know. Jonathan, would you say I have a house full of rules? No. I, no, I wouldn't at all. Yeah, I, I would say that. Listen, there's no question that I mean, I, you know, it's it, it's 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 a beautiful house, and everything is it is in its place, and it is very organized and very particular. But it is also enormously open and welcoming. Thank you. And like like, you know, Chuck will just be like, "Come for the weekend. Come for the week." I'll leave the key by the door, right. have whatever you want, eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want, like do whatever you want. Yeah. Like have a fabulous time. I will see you Tuesday. Yes. Thank you. That for, is it. Thank you for recognizing that. And that, yeah. you know, like. And it really is lovely. Thank you. I kind of. I never take advantage. Well, you should. Don't. I need to. <laughs> you know the code. Because he has a beautiful pool. You know the code. And I know the code. You know the code. Know, you know the code. And, and you could not. And you could not, you could never drink all the vodka in this house. No, and you can kick the goddamn door shut. Hello? You can get your aggression out. <laughs> Just kick the refrigerator if door. If you're angry at Chuck or anyone else, kick you can take it out on the fridge. Kick the refrigerator door. Um, yes, I, I think, you know, part of part of that, that the energy that you so beautifully and eloquently described about <laughs> my home, I grew up in that, like my, my parents' house, my mother particularly was very, is, I speak of her like she's no longer, it, I is, know. but, but she, that house is no longer. So that's the, that's the, right. That. That's the past the, tense. That's yes. the past tense. Yes. Um, the house I grew up in was really that, like it was always a turnstile of people and it was always very welcoming. And my mother, you know, certainly kept a very orderly house and you know, all yeah. of that, but it never felt untouchable. And yeah. I never wanted that either. That's I, the one thing my mother always um, taught me, which I've always loved. Like, you, you know, like um, I, I grew up in a beautiful home and, you know, my mother had beautiful things like, you know, like heirloom china and heirloom silver and all that stuff. And, but it was never that kind of home where, you know, you couldn't go in the living room. Right. And the China and the silver only came out on like, you know, the high holidays. 
right? Like, like everything like was used and it was like, you know, like, yes, like, you know, right. These are beautiful things. Yeah, should enjoy them always. You should enjoy them. And, and if something happens, like, you know, if you break a beautiful hundred year old plate, like, all right, well, you know, right. I'm so, going to break it a hundred so years old. So be it. willing. So be it. Like, you know, like, you know, I, right. I, like, like, but you know, enjoy those little moments and use your beautiful things. And so when my parents, I love that. My parents lived I love in, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on a Limoges plate from the 17th century. Like what's better than that? Girl. You know, <laughs> True that. just have some Ritz crackers with peanut butter on a beautiful plate from the 1800s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, and it, it all tastes better. It really does. So my mother, when my parents came to Philadelphia, so I've lived in Philadelphia for at the time that my parents moved here, I probably lived in Philadelphia 26 years. My mother and father aging in their life and having health issues. My sister, brother, and I live in the Philadelphia area, come to Philadelphia. We they're them. really, really adorable people. Thank you. We sell they're them. So, they're so little they're and little. cute and they're, perfect and adorable. They're, they're, they really are adorable people. Sharply dressed, yeah. adorable, they're petite adorable. little people. So <laughs> we sell the house that I grew up in and we're packing shit up and my mother says, I'm going to take this and these dishes and that dishes. And my sister and I are thinking this through, like, listen, you're moving into a nice apartment, but you don't need all the life gatherings that you've had all these years. And I said, no, the only dishes you're taking are the China. That's all you're going to use. They're going to be your everyday dishes. Yeah. As you break them, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, here you are. Like, I don't understand. Right. You're not going to take, you're not going to take those dishes and those dishes and just sit on those dishes. You're going to use those dishes. I, I, I've never understood that. Like, <laughs> oh no, they're only for Thanksgiving for or, or like, you know, she says, I don't think I can put these in the microwave. I said, put them in the microwave. If they spark, fuck it. Just put them in the microwave. You're See what using, happens. You're using these mama Diana Grace. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. <laughs> Roll the dice, lady. Roll the dice. Oh my God, that's yeah. funny. But on that note, I'm going to close this off for two seconds off. and we're going to make a drink.